Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Chatham Community Church. So glad that y'all have decided to join us on uh, this Christmas Eve. My name is Jaime. I'm one of the pastors here. And thank you for making us a part of your sort of Christmas Eve uh, this year. A couple of Saturdays ago, I was in one of the stores in town. It's one of those stores that has all sorts of unique, quirky things, the kinds of things that, you know, if you want to find a very special gift for a very particular kind of person, you can only find in these types of stores, the type of gifts you can't get on Amazon or any of these other big box stores. And so I went there a couple of Saturdays ago, and the store was packed, right? Big surprise, Christmas season. Uh, But not only was it packed, but I noticed that not only did they have their normal sort of uh, wares, but they had even more stuff there as they were anticipating sort of the rush of the Christmas season. So as I'm in this store, which has all these things, lots of things, lots of people, it's the type of store where like every, every space that cannot be occupied by someone standing is occupied by stuff. So if the store is full and there's even more stuff there, you kind of have this sense while you're there that you can't stand around very long because you kind of have to manage the flow of traffic. And I sort of made my way through the store in kind of like a whirlwind. And when I got out of the store, I had this sinking sense as I made my way through the store and got out that like, I didn't get a chance to see everything in that store. It was impossible with all the people who were there. You know, with managing, it was just so much. Managing what stuff I was looking at, who I was looking at it for, who was behind me, was the room in front of me? Who was grabbing this? Who was grabbing that? What am I missing? I got this sense that I hadn't seen everything. And in that, I got this sinking sense that maybe, maybe there was so much to pay attention to that as I left with my hands empty, maybe I'd missed that one special gift for that one special person that I'd gone in there to find. When there's so much to give our attention to, it can be easy, even inevitable, to miss something. Right? And we know that. We know that when there are so many things coming at us, it's unavoidable, it's inevitable, that we're going to miss something. But sometimes we miss something really important. Sometimes when there's so much going on, we may even miss something life-changing. Christmas is a season like that store was a few Saturdays ago. It's a season where there is a lot to give our attention to. There are lots of things to figure out during the Christmas season. Some of us were figuring out up until five minutes ago what presents to get and whom to give them to. Some of us were wondering or have to figure out what invitations to accept or what invitations to extend. We have to figure out what to cook And when we go to a place that has lots of yummy food, we have to figure out what to eat or what not to eat. We have to figure out what game to watch or what games to play. We have to figure out what to do with any time off that we have. We have to figure out what to do with all the stuff and how to get rid of all that wrapping paper that just seems so much bigger than it was when we started opening gifts. Now, most of all that stuff is good, and most of it... Most of all, that stuff needs some of our attention. But it can be so much that it ends up taking all our time. We can spend so much time on the what's of Christmas, answering the what's of Christmas, that when we get to the other side of Christmas, we may realize that we really didn't spend much of any time on the who of Christmas. Now, it's not that those other parts are unimportant. It's not that they're not good. It's not that they don't deserve our attention, but it's that they're not the most important part of Christmas. So today we want to spend a little bit of time on the who of Christmas. For thousands of years, people have done just that. 
on days like today or evenings like this one around the world and in as many languages as have celebrated Christmas. People have paid attention on days like today to the one born in the manger, to Jesus, the who of Christmas. Maybe you're here today just because you happen to be home on Christmas and this is what your family does. Maybe you're here today because you're heading out to go see family or loved ones and this is your one stop before you head out of town. Maybe you're here to celebrate. Maybe you're here out of curiosity. Maybe you're here because you're desperate to figure something out. Maybe you don't know exactly why you're here. You just suddenly ended up here dressed up as if you were going somewhere. Allow me to suggest that it doesn't matter how you ended up here or why you happen to find yourself here today. There is something for each and every one of us here today if we'll take some time to focus and make space for the who of Christmas. There's a gift for all of us if we make space for the who of Christmas. And this is the gift. When you make space for the who of Christmas, you get to experience the hope of Christmas. You get to experience the hope of Christmas. And hope is something that we could all use a little bit more of. Maybe some of us are here today and we couldn't use a little bit more hope. We could use a lot of bit more hope. Well, there's hope for you today. Around 700 years before the birth of Jesus on that first Christmas, a man named Isaiah was a prophet to the people of Israel. What that meant is that he was a person who received images and words from God that were meant to be communicated to the people of God. And in the time that he's communicating to the people of God, things are not going well for the people. There's been invasion, there's been devastation, there's been defeat, and there's been exile. Some people had likely lost hope, and some people were trying to figure out what to hope Two, what to hope in now that they had been defeated? Was there anything to hold on to? And Isaiah sends a message from God to all the people. And here's how it starts. He says, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. He goes on to say, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. He's communicating to these people, regardless of whether they've lost hope or not, regardless of whether they're waiting for a message or not, he's saying that relief is coming for those who are in distress, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel for people who are working through or struggling through hard times, and that there's a new beginning for those who've settled into a life of pain and hardship, either because they were beaten into that or because they were convinced, they convinced themselves that it was never going to get any better, so might as well settle down for it. There is a message of hope for all of them. Whether they find themselves just experiencing distress, feeling like they're fighting against distress, or have settled into a life where they feel that distress is all there is going to be, there is hope for all of them. Now, though these words were written even long before Jesus was born, once they were written, people started to see in these words not just a promise for the moment, but a promise for the future, a promise of a coming Savior, a promise of a Messiah. They saw that these words were speaking not just to the distress of the moment, but they were speaking to the timeless needs of all of humanity, the timeless needs of the whole world, even to the needs of folks in Chatham County 2023, even to your needs and mine. I mean, don't one or more of those categories apply to all of us at one point in our lives or another? Don't we find ourselves at some point in life in distress? 
Don't we find ourselves at some point in life fighting through hard times? Maybe some of us have found ourselves feeling like there was not anything that we could do to make it better, and so we might as well get used to it. Maybe some of us are feeling one or more of those things right now, and here is a gift for us. These are words for us today. There is Christmas hope available to everyone. The Christmas hope was not just for the people who received this letter. The Christmas hope was not just for the folks in the first century. The Christmas hope is here for us as well. There is relief for us today. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for us today. There is a new and better beginning available to all of us today. Whether you came here looking for it or not, there is hope for you. Whether you feel like you have a need for it or not, there is hope for you. Whether you realize that you need it or not, there is hope for you because God has brought relief. God has brought hope. And here's how the passage talks about that hope. Isaiah goes on to say, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government there will be, and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on. For us, for to us a child is born might seem a bit of a counterintuitive sense of hope because a newborn doesn't seem to be able to offer what the passage says. A newborn most of the time receives from us. In fact, a newborn needs a lot from us, particularly sleep from what I hear. Needs a lot from us, and it takes a lot from us. It has lots of needs. It's not necessarily the first thing that comes to mind when we think, what will give me hope? In this difficult time. Now, don't get me wrong. There is connection between newborns and children and hope. We have lots of hopes for them, don't we? Lots of hopes when they come. But the invitation of this passage is not to have hopes for this child, but to put our hope in this child and receive hope, hope from him. And that feels like a lot to ask of a newborn, doesn't it? A lot to ask of a newborn. But when you see this passage, in the light of Jesus, and what Christians have believed about him for nearly 2,000 years, it doesn't feel as counterintuitive. Because we believe that the promises of relief were fulfilled in Jesus. That at his birth, these things that we read about in the passage were already in motion. These things that call us to hope. Things that call us to hope sound like the things in the passage. That the government will be upon his shoulders and that he will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness. At the birth of Jesus, God is initiating a work to repair all that is broken in our world. From his birth, through his life, through his death, and his resurrection, Jesus carries the fate of the world on his shoulders. He carries the destinies of humanities on his shoulders. And he carries those things with justice. He carries those things with righteousness. He carries those things with peace. And those things make for a good future. Those things make for a good world. Those things, if you were going to build something that lasts forever, are good things to build lives on. Good things to build our world on. And that makes Jesus trustworthy. That makes him worth hoping in. In the passage that we read, there are four titles that are given to Jesus. And even though 
Culturally, we may not be too into titles, right? Because it feels like we're putting on airs when we use them. We know instinctively that titles tell us something about the people who bear them. They tell us something about what they can do, something about who they are, and something about who they are in relationship to others, right? Titles say a lot about us. And all of us, whether we like titles, whether we assign ourselves titles, whether we represent the titles that we have or not, have had titles and have titles, at least one or more in our lives. Some of them we've earned. Some of them we've earned either because we've, we've entered into families and because of the relationships we've had, or because we've worked hard, taken tests, and passed bars to get those titles. Some of them have been bestowed. Some titles we welcome, and some we just can't seem to get rid of, can we? Even though we wish we could. Can you think of maybe one or two titles that you are proudest of? That even if you won't wear it loudly, you're glad that you have it. Maybe one or two titles that speak best of you. The four titles that this passage gives to Jesus tell us a lot about him. And in those titles, there's a lot to put our hope in. So I'm going to walk through each one of them now. And I want you to consider which one you might be drawn to today. Which one might be the place where you need hope from? Jesus is called the Wonderful Counselor. And as Wonderful Counselor, he offers us truth and wisdom to live our lives by. All of us can maybe picture someone whose life is led in a particular way by lies. They've just bought into something that is not true, and we could see it devastating them. But the reality is that all of us are prone to, to believe things about ourselves and about our world that just aren't true. And here's the thing. When we let lies run our lives, they ruin our lives. Lies ruin our lives, but Jesus offers truth. And what Jesus' truth does, does in our lives is it brings flourishing and freedom. So on the one hand, you have, you have ruin, and on the other hand, you have flourishing and freedom. In addition, Jesus knows what is good for us, what is the right way to carry about this gift of life that we've been given. And the reason he knows what is best in life and how to live is because he walked life. He has the wisdom. He offers the guidance. He doesn't hold on to it. And all we have to do is receive it. So do you need a wonderful counselor today? Is that where you need your hope to come from? He is here he is available. Jesus is also called the mighty God. And as mighty God, Jesus offers us the kind of strength that overcomes what seems insurmountable. Do you feel stuck today? Do you feel burdened today? Are you in a situation where the odds seem stacked against you? Does it feel like everything is coming against you? Do you feel sometimes like you just can't get out of your own way? Does it feel hopeless, perhaps? Jesus offers us breakthrough. He offers us strength to overcome. Listen to me. There is no situation that is too much for Jesus. There is no situation which he isn't strong enough to break through and overcome because he has overcome that which was undefeated before his time. Where others saw at their last breath the end of the story, Jesus wrote another chapter. Jesus overcame the powers of sin and death. And though any situation we're in might feel insurmountable to us, it doesn't have to be in him. Jesus offers us that as the mighty God. Do you need him as the mighty God today? Jesus is also called the everlasting father. And as everlasting father, he offers us a place at the table. 
and a family to belong to for all time. There's brokenness in every part of our world. There's brokenness in our relationships. There is brokenness in us. There are feelings of not belonging. There are feelings of unworthiness. There are things that we've done that harm and things that have been done to us that have harmed us. And Jesus' life, death, and resurrection make a way. They make a way for there to be forgiveness for what needs to be forgiven. Redemption of what needs redeeming and healing of what needs mending. He's made a place for us at his table. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to clean ourselves up before we take it. We don't have to make everything right before we come. He has made a place. And at that place, we have worth, we have value, we have dignity that no one can take away. Do you need the hope from the everlasting Father today? He's here. Jesus is also called the Prince of Peace. And as Prince of Peace, he offers us healing from strife, all strife, and a peace that protects our minds and our hearts. For some of us, Christmas is a hard season because it reminds us of relationships that are strained or relationships that we've lost. Sometimes it's hard just because it heightens the stress of the year. And maybe that's true not just in Christmas, but all year round. Maybe all year round we're aware of of relationships that are strained or lost. Maybe all year round we're experiencing the constant burden of the stress of life too. Jesus offers peace. Because what he tells us in the face of all of that is, I've got this. I've got this because I've got you. And that doesn't mean that the things disappear. That doesn't mean that we can ignore them or don't have a part to play in moving forward. What it means is that the weight that those things place on us is lifted. He gets to carry that weight. You can have peace today. You may have not felt peace in a very long time. You may think that peace is unattainable attainable until, until things get resolved. I've got good news for you today. You can have peace. You can have peace. Do you need the Prince of Peace today? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, this is the hope of Christmas. This is the hope of Christmas that's available to all of us here today, whether we've known Jesus or not, whether we've received the hope of Christmas before or not, whether we've ever been in a church or we've been in church our whole lives, there is hope for all of us today in a new way. So let's take some time to consider right now, where do we need to experience the Christmas hope that's found in Jesus? Take some time right now to consider that. Where do you need to experience the Christmas hope that is found in in Jesus. I want to create some space for us to do that. On each of your seats, there is a blue card. That blue card is for, 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 for us to spend some time reflecting on. Here's what it looks like. And what it has is basically prompts uh, connected to the four names. I'm going to give you a gift right now. I'm going to give you the gift of as much silence as we can achieve while letting kids be kids. For those of you who are guests, uh, you may not know this, but what I say here anytime kids are kids is that if we're going to have a church that has kids, we need to let kids be kids. So don't feel any need to shush. Don't feel any need to quiet. Don't feel any need to feel embarrassed. We're going to have as much quiet as we can with kids being kids. But I give us the gift of space to spend some time with this. Just some quiet to see, to read through these and consider which one you might feel drawn to where your hope might be today, where you might need to meet Jesus as the hope of Christmas. 
just going to give you some moments in silence to consider that. There are pens around the chairs as well. If you feel drawn to one, check the box. Take some time. going to do now is we're going to spend a little bit more time reflecting, but we're going to reflect a little differently. Kaylin's going to sing a song. Tim is going to play for us. It's a song that has some connections to the passage that we read, the names of Jesus. And as they sing it, continue to look at the page. Listen to the words. See if something clicks. And if something clicks, if you're like, yes, this is where I need the hope of Christmas today, check that box. Continue to reflect.
time. God, thank you that you have hope for all of us. Thank you, Lord, that no matter the situation we're in, no matter the life that we've lived, no matter where we find ourselves right now or where we might be a few days from now, there is hope for us in you. Lord, I pray that we would receive that hope, that we would experience the change that it can bring. Lord, that we would delight in you. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Folks, uh, completely optional. At the bottom of the card is a slot for your name and email. If, uh, if there's something that you'd like us to talk about with you, some help that you need in light of how you're checking one of the boxes, I just encourage you, encourage you to fill that out and drop it off uh, on your way out, especially if you've checked the box of Everlasting Father. Uh, our experiences is that when folks make that decision, it's helpful to just have people around them to figure out what that means now. 
So again, optional, you can put your name and email and drop it off on your way out. In addition to reflecting on, the, on reflecting on and receiving the hope of Christmas, we want to take some time today to offer an opportunity to bring hope this Christmas out into our community. Every year, we look to this service, which is one of our biggest of all year, to bless Chatham County. And this year, the way we're going to do, we're going to bless Chatham County, is we've set up a Christmas Hope Fund to bless our community. What we're going to use that fund for is we've talked to a couple of partnering agencies, community uh, nonprofits, the Salvation Army, and Love Chatham, and we've asked them, if we could gather together a whole bunch of funds, what would it help you accomplish? Are there needs that are maybe beyond the scope of what you can do, but if you had a special influx of cash this Christmas, you could meet them? And they said, absolutely. So here's what we're going to do with the special Christmas hope fund that we've difficult situations and give them a significant boost so they can experience hope that they are turning the page towards a better future. The Salvation Army and Love Chatham particularly work with people who are either struggling with or just coming out of homelessness, arrive at a place where they are sustainable and stable. And that's what we want to help them do. So to get a sense of the impact that we can have, I want to share two specific needs that we're going to help meet. There are more, but I want to share two specific ones. We're going to help complete the purchase of a car for someone who has worked to secure law, has already worked to secure long-term housing for themselves, paid down debt that they accrued during a significantly tough time, but just needs transformation, needs transportation right now so that they can make the turn towards self-sufficiency. This will be a gift that gives him hope that it's okay to continue to press on, that there are people alongside him. One of the needs that the Salvation Army told us would be a game changer was that if they could set up a laptop lending library for people so that their clients would have ongoing opportunities to apply for benefits, to apply for jobs, and so, to, to take classes, and so much more without needing to depend on securing time at the computer that they have at their facility or making their way to a library. The Salvation Army has the energy and the organizational capacity to figure out how they're going to make this work. All they need is the laptops to jumpstart them. They asked us for 10, so that's what we're going to do. On every other seat, there's a card. That card has both a QR code and a link to our Christmas Hope Fund. I want you to hear me say this. All of the money that goes to this is going out. None of it is staying with the church. None of this is for us. It's all to serve and bless the community. Those are two ways to give. You can uh, follow the QR code and it'll take you to the giving page for that or you can put the link in on your phone or at home. If you need to write a check, you make it out to Chatham Community Church, but in the memo, you put Christmas Hope Fund. On January 7th, when we gather back together, we're going to share the progress we made and if we've already been able to purchase some of the things, we'll show you the difference that it's making. So make sure you take one of these cards, you take the picture, you take it with you. The pen that's attached to it is yours to keep as a reminder that you help bring hope this Christmas to someone, but make, uh, help us complete this task. For the rest of our time together, we're going to journey through the Christmas story through song and reading of scripture. Near the end of the service, we're going to have one of my favorite parts of the Christmas Eve service. We're going to sing Silent Night by Candlelight. Before the song starts, you're going to see some of us come up and light candles and then go to the end of the rows and light candles. If you are at the end of a row, your job is to pass that light ahead, right? To pass it to the people next to you. Don't just hold the candle, like light the person next to you. And then we'll sing Silent Night by Candlelight. So let's stand as we continue listening to scripture and singing to celebrate the hope of Christmas. In those days, 